Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM. The Fan. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it. Yeah. Talk some Brewers baseball. Kerr Hawk coming up uh, here from uh, in the what, about 15 minutes or so. More Brewers. I, I don't I don't know about you. And I, I guess I'll see what, where Plucker is on this as well as yourself. You can uh, tweet us at 1250 AM. The Fan or just dial it up. I'm kind of intrigued. Where is everybody's head at right now? We had J.R. Radcliffe on uh, in the first hour of the show, the training sports uh, reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. And I made a comment to him of, you know, this is kind of nuts right now with fan bases uh, in Wisconsin. As far as you have the Brewers sweeping the Padres, and you get super excited about that, right? And you stay up late. You watch the games on Monday and Tuesday night. Yesterday afternoon, everybody's trying to watch while they're at work on their phones or whatever, trying to pick it up uh, uh, on the radio. Everybody's calling in uh, after the game to Tim Allen here on the fan. So you got that and all kinds of excitement about the Brewers. Then you have the Milwaukee Bucks, who has started a big two-game series here with Philadelphia tonight, and everybody uh, is Talking about the Bucs, whether or not they have enough to make a run in the playoffs. Can they win a championship, having to go through what they'll have to go through in the playoffs? They're still the three seed. So there's a lot of chirp going on around uh, the area about the Bucs. And then on top of that, you throw in the NFL draft and Packer fans rule, as we all know, right? That is the number one fan base in the state of Wisconsin. That's undisputable, undeniable at this point. And everybody is counting down the days, the, the minutes, the, the seconds, of when this draft's going to start a week from tonight at 7 o'clock. The Jaguars will go on the board, and the worst-kept secret ever will select Trevor Lawrence, and then all off we go. The Packers will probably make their pick somewhere around, I don't know, 10, 10, 15, 10, 30, somewhere around that area. It's supposed to be, I think, for four hours. So we'll we'll see how that all plays out. I want to know for you, like, what has your, your most attention? Like, what's the one thing that you – find yourself constantly chirping about with your friends or constantly texting with or constantly finding yourself looking for it on the internet and reading about it or constantly on social media, Facebook, Twitter. Is there one more than the other that has your has your attention? Obviously, we're paying attention to all because we're sports fans. If you're not a sports fan and you're listening to this radio station, God bless you for doing such a thing. But most of us are sports fans, and we follow all the sports. Which of of what's going on between the Brewers, Bucks, and the Packers draft really has your 
your lead attention, I guess, your most attention at this point. 799 1250, 414 799 1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM The Fan. You can also tweet at me at Sparky Radio. Well, where is your most of your attention at right now? I got to tell you, I, I am really all in on the draft right now. That that That's kind of where I'm at. Like, I'm looking at all the mock drafts I can get my hands on. I am reading everything I can find on the draft. If I see tweets on the draft, I'm clicking on links, and I'm trying to read up as much as I can on those guys. If I see video highlights from different players, I'm trying to do that as well. Now, part of the reason is because Gary and I are hosting the post game, or the draft show coming up a week from tonight at 7 o'clock here on The Fan. So that's part of the reason. The other part of the reason is I've always just been a huge NFL draft guy and NBA draft guy for that matter. You've heard the stories told on the radio over the course of the years about my dorkdom, uh, if that's a word, when it comes to the NFL draft and how much I love it. So that that's obviously part of it. And that's not to say I'm not jacked up about the Bucs or I'm not excited about the Brewers. I am. In fact, when it comes to the Brewers, I have been more emotionally invested, I would say, in Brewers games this year than I have been in quite a while. When I mean emotionally invested in Brewers games, I mean by like hooting and hollering and pumping your fist or getting mad and saying something out loud. Then for the longest time, I've, I've kind of just been one of those guys that just, you know, lay on the couch, watch the game. Not a ton of emotion one way or the other, but I'm finding myself now being back to kind of where I was back in the day, really getting emotionally invested in the Brewers. And, and that is something you know, I haven't been to this point for a while, for whatever the reason. I don't know what the reason is, but I definitely seem to be all in on this Brewers team and, and watching all the games. Uh, the Bucks, I guess, would be third for me right now. And just because of everything I've stated, I just, I'm so um, not believing in them and the product of being able to get on a run in the playoffs. Now, if they're the one seed, maybe I change my mind. I'd have a, a lot more faith. So maybe that's why they're third. But again, watching all, paying attention to all, interested in all. But the draft definitely is number one for me. So we got the NFL draft. We got the Brewers being off to a red hot start. We got the Bucks. How does it line up for you as far as where you kind of you're directing uh, your interest level right now. 414-799-1250. You can also tweet us at 1250 AM. The fan. Let's go to Alex in Germantown. You're next on Sparky's Midday Madness. What's going on, Alex? Hey, Sparky. Thanks for having me on. Sure. Um, yeah, so I would say for sure, just like you were saying, it's the Brewers right now. You know, we're at the part of the Bucks season. It happens to me every year this time of year where I've watched enough, and now I'm just like, all right, bring on the playoffs. You know, I've, <laughs> I've seen enough of what I can. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Brewers right now with their starting pitching, the way they're, you know, lately been hitting the ball, I, I can't stop watching them. And even when they play at 9 o'clock, I'll stay up till midnight and watch all day long. See, and that's, to me, that's kind of where I am, too, with the Brewers uh, is being second. But I, I just, I can't, I can't get my eyes off of the draft stuff. And, again, there's no wrong answer here. We're just trying to figure it all out. I, I am yeah. interested uh, to see right. – how my view changes on this, because I think I'm going to go to a Brewers game here at some point in the future. and I, I, Maybe once I'm in the ballpark, maybe that pushes me over the top. But for well, me, I think once the draft is done, then it's going to be all all Brewers for sure. Yeah, and good luck trying to get tickets. I I don't have I did. tickets or anything. Oh, okay, very good. Do you know yeah, how I've I got them? I can't get them. <laughs> Alex, I'll tell you how I got them. I got them because the other day on Twitter, they did a flash sale and they had $5 tickets. Oh, my gosh. Now, again, they're not cred seeds. Way up in the upper deck, but who cares? You're in, and I'm hoping, because I'm so far up, that I'm going to be way far away from anybody else because they're still in pods. So you had to pick a a two-person pod, a four-person pod, or a six-person pod. Uh, So we went with, uh, I think, a six-person pod or whatever, so uh, you know Mm -hmm. the kids can bring a friend or whatever. But I'm hoping I'm far enough away from everybody. I don't want people sitting around me at this thing, and I haven't been to a game yet. Uh, so we'll we'll see how it goes, but yeah, that's what you got to do with social yeah. media nowadays. You just got to be on social media when they do those flash sales, so you can hop aboard and and, and take care of those. Because I'm I'm not trying to spend a bunch of money for the Brewers or the Bucks at this point. So yeah, all right. Well, thanks. Have 
Have a good one. Take care, Alex. You betcha. In fact, tickets are going on sale for May tomorrow, I believe. Tickets go on sale uh, for May. Again, just follow the Brewers on Twitter, right? At Brewers. It's pretty simple. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of those places. They do a great job from a social media perspective posting all of that stuff. So definitely want to do that. Let's go to Brian in Greenfield. You're next on Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM The Fan. What's going on, Brian? Hey, I would say at this point, uh, the draft, just because it's that great unknown, yep. and you're kind of trying to figure out which direction they're going to go in and line things up. But you know what's going to happen? It's going to happen like they did back when they drafted uh, Mike McKenzie. It's going to be some guy that, uh, like McKenzie that they draft that nobody really knows anything about because if you remember back then, I think they drafted what three cornerbacks. Yep, in the that first draft? quarter, the first cornerback they drafted was Antoine Edwards from Clemson, yep. and he yep. ended up moving to safety. Uh, it never yep. really panned out, to be honest with you. Uh, then the next yep. guy they drafted was Fred Vinson, who couldn't stay healthy. But yep. that was a great trade. That was a great draft because. Not only did McKenzie work out out of Memphis, their third-round pick, but Vincent, they turned around and traded for Amon Green, who was an absolute stud for the Packers for a number of years, and him and Priest Holmes were the two best running backs in football for a number of years. Yep, exactly, and and Vincent never did a thing in the NFL. Nope. Boy, uh, Holm, Holmgren really took that one. <laughs> he did, but I think there was part of the problem was Amon Green had fumbling problems, and Holmgren wasn't about to deal with that. And when he got here, he had fumbling problems to a degree, too, but the way that Sherman ran that offense was designed to really focus on the run. You had Kevin Barry uh, as that extra lineman, uh, and they really pounded the football and used Amon Green out of the backfield. It was a huge win for the Packers. You're right, but it was a huge loss for Holmgren. But it was a huge win for Holmgren to get Matt Hasselbeck at the same time in a di- different deal. Yep, and even look at last year. They drafted Corey Dillon number two. And, I mean, I'll be honest, I really did not know anything about Corey Dillon. AJ. And – I'm sorry, A.J. Dillon, yeah, Corey Dillon. Corey Dillon's a little old now, yeah. A little old. <laughs> uh, A.J. Dillon, um, they drafted Dillon, I mean, and he he's, looks like he's going to be a very integral part of this offense moving forward. Yeah, you would think so, especially with Jamal Williams not coming back, Brian. Thanks for the call, appreciate it. Yeah, when you look at that running back situation, they're not going to give Aaron Jones the ball 25 times a game. It's not going to happen, especially early in the season. We've learned this. Over the last couple of years, their number one objective for Aaron Jones is to have him healthy for the playoffs. That's the number one objective. Okay. So you're not going to see him maybe get the run of other guys. But as I've stated, along with Gary and Leroy, I believe just 20 touches a game, I'm good. Right. If he gets 15 carries and five catches, fine. Fine with me. That's good. Now, if you want to give 10 to 12 to 15 carries to A.J. Dillon as well, perfect. Like, I'd be totally fine if they each got 15 carries a game. I would have no beef whatsoever as long as they also threw the ball to both of them out of the backfield, if that was something they wanted to do. Because I think A.J. Dillon, and again, similar to Eddie Lacy, I think he's a better athlete than Lacy, but similar to Eddie Lacy, this is a guy who really is going to punish people in fourth quarters of games, and especially as it gets colder out in December, it's going to be like a freight train running over you when you get punished by A.J. Dillon. Now, last year you had the COVID stuff going on and everything else, and he really never got going to the second half of last year. This year, hopefully, uh, you know he's able to stay available and, and give them something from week one all the way through the end of the season. You're really going to see, I think, this year how good A.J. Dillon can truly be uh, for the Green Bay Packers team. Asking you right now, and in fact, Dan uh, Plucker put up a poll question at 12.50 a.m. The Fan. Now, which one has your your main interest right now going on in the sports world? Because all three, I think you could argue, probably should have your main attention, whether it be the Packers draft, the Brewers' hot start and sweeping the Padres, or the Milwaukee Bucks, who we've been talking about nonstop and whether or not they have enough to make a run in the postseason and, and get to the finals uh, at, at some point. Dial it up, 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM. The fan. Let's go to Ben on the east side. You're next on Sparky's Midday Madness. What's going on, Ben? Hey, not too much, Steve. Uh, I'm with you 100% on uh... – on uh, AJ Dillon, I mean, he needs to get a lot more carries this year and see what he can really do. Um, my focus right now, it, it has been the NFL draft for the past month, and at this point, I'm mock drafted out. We, the Packers, have now drafted every single offensive tackle and half the wide receivers in the first round. <laughs> but uh, 
But yeah, so right now it's probably Brewers number one, just because surprisingly they're pitching so darn well. They're actually fun to watch, even though they don't have a you know the RBI guys they need in the middle of the lineup. Could be a situation where we're actually buyers this year in July, so that's something to look forward to. But they're still fun to watch just because Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta are throwing the ball so well. So I'd say Brewers one A, NFL Draft one B, and then I'm kind of sleeping on the Bucks right now. The Bucks are resting players, and I'm kind of resting on the Bucks myself because the NBA season is just so darn long. So lately for me, it's been the draft and uh, baseball, Steve. Baseball's even longer than the NBA, if you think about it. That's true, but we got off days, and you can go tailgate at that stuff. So, ah, Okay, now we come back to the ultimate point. All right, Beth, thanks for the call. This stuff cracks me up, I'll be honest, right? So we start talking about, man, that NBA season is so long. Okay, it's pretty much months-wise, pretty much the same to the other sports. None of these sports outside of like NASCAR and soccer seemingly never ever takes off. NASCAR starts in February and ends at Thanksgiving, right? So that is the longest season by far. We're talking like 10 months. You get like two months off and you really only get two months because in like January, I think you're already testing at Daytona. So it's like a month and a half is all you get off if you're a NASCAR driver. These other sports, while the NFL offseason, well, what it was before, you really didn't get long stretches off like two or three months consecutively because you got OTAs, you got mandatory camps, and then training camp and preseason games. I understand. But if, like, if you think about the NFL, training camp's at the end of July, right? And then you go August, September, October, November, December. It's like five months. And then January, if you're playing playoffs, that's six months. If you look at baseball, that's... March is spring training, and then the whole thing starts in April, May, June, July, August, September. Six months. Now, they have an additional month, I guess, of spring training, so that makes it seven. But actual regular season, we're talking about six months uh, for that. And then if you're in the playoffs, it goes another month. So it's one month longer, I guess, than the NFL at this point. Uh, The NBA season, again, on a normal season, you're talking about it starts in October, right? So it's October, November, December, January, February, March, April. Uh, and it's the beginning part of April, and then we're done. So I guess that's a couple weeks longer uh, than what maybe uh, baseball is at this point. I don't know. I, I, I think the biggest deal with all of this is, like Ben brought up, which is, yeah, but I can tailgate at Brewers games. I can't tailgate at Bucks games. True, but because of the new arena and everything else down there, you can still go to the beer garden next to the Mecca and watch your Bucks games there on the big screen when you start getting to warmer weather, if we ever get it. You'll be able to do it there. In fact, I was just talking to Sam Schmitz the other day. He told me he was our producer. He was out at the beer garden last week and watching the Brewers game on the gigantic big screen TV. Plucker, have you been out there? Have you done that? Gone to the beer garden next to the Mecca down down there by Pfizer Forum and watch the Brewers or the Bucks or anything? No, I not, not no, I actually have not gone to a game out there, unfortunately. Oh, I, I, the 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 time to do it would have been this year, you know, but with COVID and everything happening, just I haven't gotten you. the opportunity to do it because we were we were on the air for most of, like right around the start time when back for the big show when we were in the oh, afternoons. Right. No so question. I wouldn't have time to get down there. I, but but now that we're in the middays and I'm working this shift, right. of course I'm going to try to get down there as much as I can, especially because hopefully they'll be carrying Leap Vodka pretty soon. Oh, the, nice plug. This, this for me, the, you just have to trust me on this. When you start talking about weekends, like we've went down there with the kids like on a Saturday afternoon or whatever or an early Saturday evening or a Sunday afternoon, and it's great. Get yourself a picnic table, watch the games on the, on the big screen. Now, again, I'm not talking about the gigantic – pep rallies and game-watching parties they have on the plaza down there, right? I'm not talking about the stage and all that. I'm just talking about, for instance, like if the, like tomorrow, the Brewers are going to play tomorrow. I think the weather is supposed to be okay tomorrow. So the Brewers are going to play tomorrow against the Cubs. You can go down to the beer garden, have us a couple beverages, or if you want to have some food, the Mecca is right there next to it. They have a huge outdoor patio area. Go sit down there. Have yourself uh, something, some food or whatever. They have outdoor TVs there, and then the plaza. So, from a, a Bucks fan perspective, that's one avenue. Even from a Brewers fan perspective, that's one avenue that you can do if you're not going to the games. But I understand tailgating is a big deal, and people love their tailgating, and I totally understand that. All right, coming up next, we'll talk with Kurt Hug, uh, huge Brewers guy. 
uh, and uh, get his thoughts uh, on where this Brewers team is right now. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at C-Y-R-T Hogg, H-O-G-G, at C-Y-R-T H-O-G-G. He's up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM. The fan, Kurt Hogg, will be joining us uh, momentarily from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Looking forward to Uh, to talking to him coming up here in just a couple of minutes. And, you know, let me tell you all about my good friends. I feel like I'm Gary lately. I I keep saying every time I I talk about somebody, my good friends uh, over at, uh, you know, Young Express. And why are they my good friends? Well, in this case, John Young is a good friend. John Young, I've known John Young for a number of years now, uh, and he has really been great to me. And when we talk about... The guys over at Young Express, we talk about what? We talk about expanding, right? We're talking about working for a company that that wants to you know make you the best that you can be, that gives you all the support uh, that they possibly can, you know, day to day, uh, and make sure that they put you in a position uh, to be successful over at Young Express. And right now, they are looking for salespeople. That is what they're looking for. And when we start talking about looking for salespeople at, over at Young Express, you got to have some type uh, of experience in doing sales for what they do, which is successful transporters of expedited freight, right? You have to have some type of sales experience in that, meaning you can't come from selling radio uh, and then go sell over there at Young Express. Now, you probably say to yourself, well, why is that, Sparky? Let's <laughs> do different things. It's, it's two totally different things. You can't go from, I, I don't think at least, I don't think you can go from selling cars, right? Like Joe Zanzola went off to do. I, I don't think you can go from selling cars to then running over uh, and and selling for the guys over at Young Express. I, I, don't, I don't think those are relatable. Now, the other thing that you get over uh, at Young Express, if you go over there and you apply today, is you also have to make sure that you have good, reliable transportation. Why is that an issue? Well, simple. You have to be able to drive. Like, driving is the part of most sales jobs, uh, outside sales jobs that you're going to have. Like, if you sell radio, TV, newspaper, you're driving to different clients, you're meeting with different clients. It's no different in that business. Plus, you'll sell within an assigned territory, something else uh, that is something specific, meaning, you know, you're not going to get to sell to the whole state of Wisconsin, maybe. They'll give you an area. This is where we want you to focus your sales on, and then you go try and sell it. What do you get if you're over there at Young Express? 401k, baby. Up to a 3% match, competitive uh, pay to go along with it. All the promotional materials given to you by Young Express that you'll need uh, to do your gig over at Young Express uh, as well. If you want to apply, all you have to do is email John uh, Young over at Young Express, jyoung, J-U-N-G, at youngexpress.com, or simply go apply online at youngexpress.com. That's J-U-N-G express.com. Young Express, success drives them. Joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline is our guy, Kurt Hogg, from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious. Breathe. And like Great Midwest Bank, help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Sparky. How you doing? Doing good. All right. So we're going to get into Brewers because uh, I, I really uh, love following you on Twitter. Uh, all your Brewers take. You've been a huge Brewers guy for as long as I've followed you on Twitter, which has been a number of years now. But before we get that, you cover high school sports now. Uh, over at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, right? Yeah, so yeah, I cover high school sports. You're having me on to talk Brewers, although that is that's not what I technically cover uh, at the JS. But like you said, I am just just just, just a big baseball guy. So huge baseball uh, guy, right? Yeah. And you do write some baseball stuff uh, as well, not for the Journal Sentinel though. No, so I, I have a I have a newsletter um, that I put out each week. Uh, it's called Rich People Conversations, which is a spinoff of a Carlos Gomez quote. Um, it's a Brewers and Twins newsletter. If you head over to my Twitter at Kurt Hogue, that's C-Y-R-T-H-O-G-G. Um, there's a link there, and you can subscribe to it. It's free. Write about the Brewers um, is, is what I do each week. We've also got some people that write about the Twins. They're probably a little less happy with the state of baseball right now uh, than the Brewers, the Brewers are. Um, but, yes, yeah, so, so I, like you said, I do some do some Brewers writing, and also we'll, we'll, we'll do high school baseball and, you know, MLB draft stuff for, for the JS as well. Kurt, when we talk about um, high school sports and so forth, how, how really uh, has the pandemic really affected all of that uh, as far as high school sports go? Yeah, it's, it's been interesting because, of, you know, there, there's, there's been opportunities for kids, some kids to, 
you know, get their games in through travel ball and, and things like that in a variety of sports, but it's really, it's really taken a, a not a knock on, on the recruiting process for a lot of kids that haven't had the live evaluation period. They haven't been able to go to campuses on official visits. Right. So it's, it's been, it's been tough. And I mean, like this last basketball season with pretty sparse crowds, you know, it was, it was great that they were able to have a season, but um, you know, between that and not having state football, there's a little bit, it's been a best felt a little bit, a little bit different. Um, but although I guess the kids and the coaches will tell you, they're just glad that they've been able to play and, Things are starting to get back to to where we're having state tournaments and what about fans in the crowd? Right, you started talking about high school baseball though. They lost their season last year, didn't they? Yep all all the spring sports. They we haven't had the high school spring sports in in two years. So uh, baseball season, all those practices started up on Monday. They got games coming up next week. So a lot of a lot of people are very excited to get back. So that's the interesting thing. So I, I I've got a kid that's in 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 uh travel baseball, plays for uh PTA for prospect. Uh and their their summer played through. They had all their tournaments. Uh they started late. They started in like June, but they had all their tournaments. They had out of state tournaments. They got all their league games and all of that played while the high school kids suffered, but the high school travel ball season did that still happen? That, that definitely did happen. I was talking to a kid a couple of days ago, a, D- a Division One recruit, um, for a story, and he said they played over 80 games, which if you factor in the high school schedule, 20, 25, 30 games if you're lucky, plus the normal travel season, it usually comes out to about 80 games. So um, so that, that Student Athletes Academy got them all the games that they would normally end up playing. So uh, so that, that's a lot of baseball over the summer, like you said, starting late. But they they got them in. Think about that for a second. So, all right, so you have high school football, but that's all there is. Like there there isn't anything else. You're not going somewhere else. You might have seven on seven passing leagues or something like that, I guess. But I mean, there's there's really nothing else after that. High school basketball, I guess, is is different, right? So you have your high school season and you have your AAU season where you can go play uh, in the summertime and travel and showcase. Uh, and then high school baseball that to me, is even more crammed in than even basketball. Absolutely, especially this year. I think they're, they're playing the regular season, the regular amount of games in, in a couple of months, um, in, including the playoffs a couple of months. So they're playing four, five, six games a week, which is it's, 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 a, it's almost an MLB schedule. We're yeah. playing every, every day or five days a week, six days a week. So you, you need a lot of pitchers. Um, you hope kids' arms are are, are going to hold up. But yeah, like you said about football, it's interesting. Cause I mean, it's, it's good that some kids were able to get this spring season um, and in Milwaukee, a lot of in Milwaukee, uh, most in some other parts of the state, most of the teams played in the fall. So, you know, kids are able to get their the film is, is key. Cause there's no other, there's the yep. baseball, you got showcases, basketball, AAU and all the other sports like softball and all those things have their travel teams with football. There's no travel football. You got to get the film and you got to, you know, send that off to coaches because that's what they're basing this stuff off of um, and their, their offers and things. So for kids around the state, including some in the Milwaukee area, to play the spring ball is is, is good, although um, we'll see what ends up happening with, with some of the live recruiting periods. I wonder why – I'm just sitting here thinking, it's probably crazy, but I wonder why there hasn't been some type of spring football – or something along those lines previous. Because you're gonna play fall football, that's gonna be done, you know, Thanksgiving or whatever it is here in Wisconsin. Why couldn't you then come back and do a spring football season, you know, three, four months later? What 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 would how would that hurt anybody? You I mean you certainly could do it. I would venture to guess or hypothesize that the 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 pushback's gonna come from the other spring sports. Like basketball. Sports yeah, yeah. So if you're starting football, you know, with the way it worked this season because they pushed the spring sports start date, right? Spring sports start days back, and there's like a two, three week overlap for some of the sports, um, like football and baseball, and you know, a lot of sports where kids would play both, or football and track, or softball and volleyball, and 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 things like that. So you you may have some some track coaches who aren't too pleased that they're some you know their top throwers. Uh, don't want to go up for track that year because he's the starting left tackle, right? Like, and he needs he wants to play in college and he needs to get his film. Like Joe Thomas, he loved track and field and throwing the shot put. Like that was his yeah. thing. I mean, he he was all about that. 
uh, back then, and apparently that was part of the reason why he went to to Wisconsin. They worked with him on that. Talk with Kurt Hogue here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Follow him on Twitter at C-Y-R-T Hogue, H-O-G-G, like hog, like I said earlier. It's Hogue, Kurt Hogue uh, from the Milwaukee Journal Central joining us. Now covers high school uh, sports, but also uh, is a huge Brewers fan and does a Brewers and Twins newsletter as well that he mentioned earlier. Your thoughts on what you're seeing from this Brewers team, because for, for me, and I've said it before on this show and, and on the big show, have Woodruff and Burns and now possibly Peralta, maybe a half, half step behind the other two as far as how good they've been, to have them this year and then under contract for three more years after this, to me, is more stunning as a person that's lived here his whole life than having a back-to-back MVP in the NBA, then having, you know, back-to-back quarterbacks as MVPs in, in Green Bay at this point, or having Yelich and Braun as MVPs, to, to have that in this market, to be able to develop that in this market from a pitching standpoint, which is the key to any type of postseason success, not having to go pay a stupid amount of money to sign a free agent, not having to give away the farm like you did for Grinky. Uh, or Sabathia, but to be able to have them homegrown, to me, that's mo- a more remarkable feat than everything else. It's it's pretty remarkable in je- how the Brewers pitching staffs have been put together under in the last few years under David Stearns. I mean, they've always had a good pitching staff, but it's kind of been, you know, sort of more of a ragtag, ragtag group. You know, they're signing Ulysse Chassin to, to cheap deals, and Wade Miley is coming out of nowhere to be good, and Gio Gonzalez is getting traded for out the waiver deadline, and it's getting signed uh, to, a, to a deal in the middle of the season a couple of years ago. So it's guys like that that have turned out, turned out well. And so you're right, the fact that they've got these three dudes um, that they pretty much – raised in their homegrown the entire their entire minor league careers you know they they drafted burns and woodruff and traded for peralta when he was a teenager so they can pretty much take all the credit for all three of those um but yeah i mean they're so they're able to still apply their their abilities to develop pitching at the major league level which is incredibly difficult and now that they've got three guys with legitimate frontline stuff though it's a good combination and it's I think the results this year may have even caught, you know, even the most optimistic fans by surprise in terms of how three, how well those three are, are pitching. There's been some concern over hitting on this Brewers uh, team or with this Brewers team. I've stayed steadfast. I think this offense is going to be one of the better offenses once everybody is healthy uh, in finding their groups. I'm a little bit concerned about Kesson here, but I just think he's still too good of a hitter to do this all year. But uh, how much confidence you have that this offense is going to be more than fine? Yeah, I think they've addressed the the, the big thing that kind of can give you some optimism, at least optimism that if they at least have like a really good floor, is they have kind of addressed some of the bugaboos in recent years of guys that you know that they're striking out too much, they're not putting the ball into play, while also having some of that home run pop with you know people like Shaw and Yelich when he comes back and Omar Narvaez, which is a whole a whole another story that the Brewers you know kind of bet on him this year not they bet on his last year being the fluke and they you know they gave him a an arbitration contract again for this year so um so yeah uh, last year was with a lot of guys on on that offense was kind of a, a mirage i would say with just so many guys performing well below their entire career numbers and i think the brewers saw that they saw some areas that they needed to address and and at the very least, I feel like it should be an average offense, you know, going forward. No question. Uh, make sure to follow him on Twitter. Again, C-Y-R-T, Hogue, H-O-G-G. He talks Brewers all the time on Twitter. You can sign up for his newsletter there. And, of course, follow him for high school sports as well, including high school baseball. Kurt, thanks so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, Sparky. Take care. There he is, Kurt Hogue. Again, follow him on Twitter on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. We'll apply for home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious. Breathe. The Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. Welcome back. It is Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM, The Fan and Odyssey Sports Station. Coming up next, Ryan Horvat will be in for Rami Makhlov. Uh Rami will be back tomorrow for the Rami Show. Brewers are off today, so Tim Allen with a day off as well. Then they get ready to take on the Chicago Cubs for a weekend series. 
be fun to see how that whole thing plays out. But the big one is going to be at the end of next week, four games set against the Dodgers starting uh, next Thursday. That's going to be the one that I think everybody's kind of want to pay attention to. Obviously, you're going to pay attention to the Cubs uh, because, well, they're the Cubs after all. Uh, a story that uh, is up here on heavy.com. Not sure if you've ever been to heavy.com or not. I have a couple of times. On last week's episode of the Football GM Podcast, Mike Sandow of the Athletic, former New Orleans Saints and Miami Dolphins general manager Randy Mueller talked about the upcoming draft with an emphasis on teams with picks in the top 10. When discussing what the Denver Broncos, who currently sit at 9, should do, Mueller uh, got scandalous, is how it's written. Mueller, who was named NFL Executive of the Year while with the Saints in 2000, said that based on his experience in the league, the relationship between Rodgers and the Packers doesn't look all that fixable right now. Quote, that bridge seems to be burning just a little bit more every day, he said, but before proposing the following trade scenario. Quote, what if the Broncos just went all in at nine and gave next year's pick and anything else to the Packers for Aaron Rodgers? Whatever they had to do to get him. I don't care if we got to put Von Miller in. Put him in there too. Put them all in. Uh, That, of course, uh, from Randy Mueller. Now, it's funny because we just had somebody bring up the other day, uh, it was a caller, I believe, uh, that or a, somebody on Twitter uh, proposed a, a similar type thing of giving up draft picks, including Von Miller, uh, including Locke uh, to be that kind of go-between guy between Jordan Love when he's ready. So Locke would essentially start a quarterback for the Packers this year uh, and be the bridge guy to Jordan Love until he's ready. Packers would get Von Miller. Um, and multiple firsts or whatever the case may be. I'm just going to say this. They're not trading Aaron Rodgers right now. That does not mean they won't trade Aaron Rodgers next offseason. I think that's more of a possibility. Because of the cap hit number, they're not trading Aaron Rodgers right now. I don't believe it. Now, when you do trade Aaron Rodgers, if that is something that's going to occur at some point, if he plays well again this season, you're going to have to come at me with a boatload of stuff. And I mean Herschel Walker type stuff. I'm not even screwing around here. Like multiple ones is not going to be good enough. Nope. You're giving me more than that. You're going to be multiple ones, multiple threes, and a pro bowler or something like that. Like I am going to ask for the freaking house if I end up having to trade this dude. There is no chance that a one in Von Miller is going to be enough. No. Von Miller's not a spring chicken. He's not a young dude. He's getting older. Uh Uh-uh. No. I I want more than that. Maybe I want, I don't know, think. Maybe I want a cornerback in his prime. And I want two number one picks. And maybe a third, too. They're going to be in the driver's seat if Aaron Rodgers plays well this year to move him the next offseason. Now, you're going to hate the fact that they're going to trade Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to hate the fact that they're going to trade Aaron Rodgers. We're all going to be mad about it. But they're going to be in position to literally probably get back the biggest get back on any trade you could possibly imagine at this point. Because whoever gets him, providing Rodgers doesn't play the if you trade me here, I'm going to retire card. Provided he doesn't do that crap, and he's like, yeah, whatever, trade me, fine, get me out of here. I'll go play somewhere else. If that's the case, they're going to get one of the biggest hauls in NFL history, I think. Especially if he's coming off of an MVP-type year, even if he doesn't win MVP. Go get a huge haul. Huge. Is that going to make you feel better? I don't know. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But Gutenkunst and Murphy and Russ Ball and LaFleur are literally going to be able to set themselves up, if they want, to put together enough talent on the field to overcome Jordan Love's shortcomings and whatever those may be to still win a division, to still put you in a championship mode, and to continue to build for the future, to put more really good young talent around him, providing you draft well, and get a primetime player to go along with it. Because remember... You trade them next year, you save $22 million off the cap. Cap, it's going to be $17 million. Fine. But you're also going to be in cap hell next year. You still have to extend Devontae. You still have to extend Jair Alexander. You still have to figure out Darius Smith and Preston Smith. If you move him and you take back picks and maybe a guy in his prime that hasn't hit his big contract yet on a rookie deal or something along those lines, 
and you get that player back, you still have enough room now to maybe keep Zadarius Smith. Maybe not Preston, but maybe you're now able to keep Zadarius Smith on the roster. Maybe you can avoid cutting a different player that you didn't want to cut, but you have no choice because you're so screwed up with the salary cap. The further we get into this, the more convinced I am this is probably his last year in Green Bay. I'll be honest with you. I, I think that's where I'm kind of leaning here. There, I don't think there's any chance they do it this year, though, regardless of what Randy Mueller or anybody else says. I just don't think there's any chance that they trade Aaron Rodgers this year. This is the quarterback. Might be his last year in Green Bay. Last chance to go win a Super Bowl for the Green Bay Packers. He's going to show out again more than likely to try and continue to, as he put it, you know, maybe change their timelines, throw a wrench into things. He's going to continue to want to do it. He's, he, he's in a position of, I'm not going to be Brett. I'm not going to do this publicly. But I'm going to do it on the field. And the better I play... And if you move me, the worse you're going to look. I, I don't I don't think it's a bad idea at all if you can play that well. If you win a Super Bowl, then they're screwed. That, I don't think you can trade a Super Bowl winning quarterback in that, that offseason. I don't. I agree with Gary Ellerson on that. You go to the NFC Championship game and lose again, they can trade him. But I, I think winning a Super Bowl, they wouldn't be able to trade him uh, at that point. So Randy Mueller idea, Denver Broncos, Packers make a trade, Von Miller draft picks, all that. It all sounds nice. Uh, but there's just no chance I think the Green Bay Packers trade Aaron Rodgers, nor do I think there's any chance they trade Jordan Love either. I don't think either one of them are going anywhere. Both will still be Packers after the draft weekend next weekend. Coming up next, we'll talk with Ryan Horvath. We'll see his thoughts on this Randy Mueller idea, and we'll find out what's coming up on the Rami Show. That's straight ahead here on Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM, The Fan. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM, The Fan, and Odyssey. Sports Station. Download that Odyssey app today. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it today. Not only do they have the fan on there, like us, if you uh, do download the Odyssey app. Uh, Big Show Network is on there. You can like that as well. Then they have podcasts from all different types of walk of life. I mean, not only are there a ton of radio stations from all over the country, but a ton of podcasts uh, as well, Ryan, I know you have your Odyssey app, Ryan Horvat, uh, oh, yeah. on your phone, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I listen to the other markets, but I'm a sports talk junkie loser. I kind of consider myself. Um, but I love it, man. I love the app. I like the podcast. I like listening to some of the other stations, you know, especially today. After their wanna... team loses. Oh, absolutely. Like tonight. Well, tonight, see, I love Phil. I love to hate Philadelphia media because they're outrageous. Um the media there is. And everybody's so high on the 76ers that I've been getting a kick out of listening to everybody out in Philadelphia. They legitimately think that they're going to beat the Nets in a seven-game series because the Nets are going to have no answer for Embiid. And maybe that is the case, but I don't... Again, like I was talking about this with Heffelfinger yesterday on Rami's show. We keep saying, oh, I need to see the Bucks do something in the playoffs before I buy in. What has Philadelphia ever done in the playoffs? Well, that's just it. We had John Johnson on Big Show. Monday's Big Show from WIP. Yeah. We asked him about Milwaukee, and he said, yeah, with all respect to Milwaukee, I think everybody thinks they're a good team, but I don't think anybody's really concerned about them. Everybody from keeps a Philly saying that. fan base. That's well, what it was, right, Plucker? Yeah, and then we had Bill Ryder on earlier this from week. CBS who, Sports Radio. From CBS Sports Radio, writer than you. Uh, he said that the Nets, he doesn't believe in them because of James Harden and his atrocities in the playoffs that he's had throughout his career. And then he said that he doesn't trust Doc Rivers in his playoff performances either. He's been terrible. I think he has two 3-1 leads that he's blown as a head coach. So he thinks that he actually was telling us that he really likes the Bucks. And if you want to listen to that interview, it's on the Big Show Network website right now. Yeah, BigShowNetwork.com. Go check it out. So, I mean, yeah, it, it would be fun to see what happens uh, if the Bucks beat Philly tonight and then listen to Philly Sports Talk Radio like WIP. All right, so, uh, Ryan, I got a poll question up at 1250 AM, the fan that Dan Plucker put up for us. Right now, where is all your attention at? For me, I can't get enough of mock drafts. I can't get enough about reading on different guys, watching video on different guys when I see it come across on social media. Then after that, it's it's the Brewers being red hot, and Bucks probably are my third right now. How, how does it stack up for you? Man, that's a great question. because There's so much going on. There's almost too much going on. I'm like yeah. I'm, I'm relieved tonight because I could just focus on the Bucks, and uh, yeah, that's a good question. So I've actually gotten into baseball more than I have like the last decade. I just think that the product's better than ever. I wish they did a better job marketing the product because last horrible. weekend I was talking about it. I watched Dodgers just Padres. Horrible. I watched every single game of that series, and they meet again tonight. They begin another series. Yep. 
but it's not nationally televised. That drives me nuts. So unless you're spending $90 a month or whatever it is, whatever I'm spending, I shouldn't say that and out the, loud. My wife may be listening. But the crazy part about that is baseball knew these were going to be the two teams. They knew coming in exactly. after San Diego spent all that money. You knew these were going to be the two teams in the NL. Yeah. And, and that's my point is like this weekend, I could see if you were getting bad pitching matchups, but this past weekend, Kershaw was on the mound. Uh, Darvish was on the mound. Blake Snell was on the mound. Dustin May was on the mound. He's great to watch. And still, none of these games were nationally televised. Instead, Sunday Night Baseball was the Braves and the Cubs. The Cubs, who were going to be sellers at the deadline, were on Sunday Night Baseball rather than Dodgers-Padres. That game was on during the day. Didn't make any sense. Yeah, I'm with you, though, on the mock drafts. I mean, now, one thing that I've stopped doing is, like, putting together a wish list for the Green Bay Packers. Oh, I don't ever do that. Well, no, I have my entire Pointless. life. Especially it's worked with out Goody. twice. The two picks that I loved. Eddie Lacy, who I loved because he ran all over my team, Notre Dame in the national championship game, and I said, man, if Green Bay just had him. Sure. And I still, Eddie Lacy's always going to be one of my favorite Packers all time. Which is fine. And then um, this one I'm a little embarrassed to admit. I loved it you the first. You were wrong. I was wrong. Uh, ha ha, Clinton Dix. I loved it, Alabama. Everybody. There are two picks from do being at this radio station over the course of time. Three, maybe. Two for certain. The Raji pick everybody wanted before the Raji pick. Yeah. Because everybody said that was a need. Please take him. He's the best guy. Please take him. They took him. Everybody loved it. Most, I won't say all, most love trading up to get Clay Matthews. Most were just blown away by that and were super excited to have him. Yeah. And then the other one was Hockland Dix. Like, that was another guy that going into that draft, everybody said, they need a safety. They need a safety. If he's there, take him. If he's there, take him. They took him. And everyone went, like, holy crap, they took the guy they were supposed to take. Outside of that, there, there, there aren't many others that I can think of where going in, the collective fan base all wanted somebody and it didn't happen. Right. And now you're at the end of the first round. And the collective fan base doesn't have anybody. Right, exactly. And that's There's nobody, no, nobody that everybody agrees on. See, now... One pick, I will I will defend myself, one that I didn't hate that everybody hated, and Plucker was right on it, was uh, Rashawn Gary. I liked it. I didn't quite understand it just because I watch a lot of Big Ten football, and he just never really, but like... He so, didn't. So no. his freshman, I mean, everybody wanted this kid, though. He was one of the top recruits, and they just didn't really know how to use him, though. You know, like, they would have him with his hand in the dirt. They tried him out at outside linebacker, and I mean, he's just a pass rusher. He's an edge rusher, but... They He's better than one. I thought. They hit on that one. Oh, yep. yeah. yeah see, it didn't look like they hit on him the first year. It's like, oh, my God, what did you do? And then Leroy's on there going, well, you know, it's, our, it's not about production, guys. It's not about production. And me and Gary were ready to lose our minds. But, yeah, I mean, he stepped up. Now, see, that's the other thing. You talk about this draft ride. Yeah. Nobody's talking about edge rusher. But if somebody falls from, say, the University of Miami – and he comes sliding down the draft board to you, and Darius and Preston Smith may not be there, and all you have is Rashawn Gary, you may have to consider. Yeah, I think so. And I wouldn't hate a pass rusher, and that's what I was talking about with Bart the other day. Is um, So I've wanted a wide receiver the last couple drafts. I'm fine with the receivers, to be quite honest, especially Good. in LaFleur's offense. Glad because you came around. Look what they have. They want big, tall receivers, so yep. that's the mold they want. Alan Lazard, because in LaFleur's offense, even though Rodgers just won MVP, they're a running offense. So he wants a big, tall receiver that's going to block outside linebackers and pass rushers and be able to catch the football, of course. But... I was saying I would love a defensive tackle if you could get a big guy from the Draft Big 12 or the SEC. Horrible. I know it is. But anybody that could give Kenny Clark any help whatsoever yes. so I don't have to see Dean Lowry anymore. With you, a thousand percent. But again, we've talked to so many draft guys. They all say the same thing. It's one of the worst drafts ever for that position. No, it really is. And now I'm seeing linebackers mocked to the Packers, which we all know isn't going to be the case. Blake Martinez said it. They don't value inside linebackers. And I don't know why we're going to talk about linebackers because I did want Patrick Queen in last year's draft. We all did. But when they moved up, that's who I thought was well, sweeted up. Like, well, this has to be Patrick Queen. And then it was Jordan Love. But Barnes started uh, 10 games in the second half of the season. I really like Chris Barnes. So do I. I, I, I like Kamal Martin, he's... too, if he can stay healthy. I like both of them. Yeah, so I think that they're fine there. I, I do want a couple more pass rushers because, again, like but they you... have to go DB. But at the same time, as bad as Kevin King was last year, how much better is Kevin King if Tom Brady, at 55 years old, doesn't have 35 seconds to sit in the pocket? They got to him one sure. time in the regular season, yeah. and it was a face mask on Rashawn Gary. you got to hit him. But the other thing is you need to protect your quarterback so he has 35 seconds. Offensive line, tackle yeah. specifically, you've got to draft a couple of tackles in this draft. Like oh, I, yeah. I don't care where you draft them, preferably at least one higher up, but you need a couple of tackles in this draft going forward. You don't know how long Bakhtiari is going to be out coming back. I don't have a lot of faith in Billy Turner or anybody else that you're going to put out there at right tackle at this point. Yeah. So for me, 
you need to get a couple offensive linemen. Again, at tackle, you drafted three interior linemen last year, so we don't need to focus on that anymore. But a couple of tackles would be helpful to this team. And then Leroy brought up drafting a field goal kicker uh, late in this draft because Crosby's not getting any younger. Okay, so you're gonna I mean, again, they're expanding the practice squads. So I guess if you look at that and value that, I'd rather just sign one un- undrafted. Like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll sign an undrafted kicker and I'll figure it out later. Yeah, I mean, I worry about Mason only because for some reason the last couple of years he's really aggressive on the kickoffs. Why does he always like the second half of the year? I, I he almost got killed a couple times. Yep, that's all right, tackles. man. Get your nose in there. Get dirty. He's way too old. Get for that. dirty. He's too old. Ah. Ain't like he's a senior citizen or something. He's, he's fine. He's too old for a kicker to be making tackles. Yeah, maybe. All right, what's coming up on uh, your show since it's three o'clock? We're gonna talk Buck Sixers. Do you care about tonight's game? Also, uh, uh, you know, everybody's so high on the Sixers, and they keep bringing up the depth. So I want to compare the depth to the Bucks bench. So we're gonna talk a lot of that. And then obviously the Brewers just swept the Padres. So uh, how much do you take out of that? You know, the Padres are a little bit beat up right now, but still, that's everybody's. That's the media darling, and everybody's. You know, upset pick to win the World Series. So we'll talk some Brewers baseball too. They, they have gambling on the draft, Ryan. Really? Oh yeah, I don't really gamble on the draft though. I do. I have one pick. I like uh, Trey Lance under pick seven and a half. Everybody, these quarterbacks are going to go. Everybody's going to freak out. Oh yeah. So before pick seven, you're saying? I think or the Brock, before yeah before pick seven. If if Elway or any of these GMs need to move up to get a quarterback, I think that they're going to. So if the 49ers don't go. Trey Lance, or don't go well, Justin Fields. Uh, Justin Fields is going before. I'm seeing him mocked at like pick 15. Come on, we've been talking about this kid since he was 16 years old. Now he's fallen to pick 20. That's somebody wants that. See, the problem is, is that this is what I hate about the draft is because they're kids. I mean, they are kids. They're going to be millionaires, but they're still kids. Somebody floats out some bad info about somebody, ruins their reputation, and like now we're hearing that Justin Fields is the last person in the weight room and the first person to leave. Saw it. He's a specimen. He ran a four three forty. I think saw he's it. getting his workouts in, man. Saw it. Absolutely saw it. And I, I think if for that bet that you're talking about specifically, I think the the key to that bet is the Atlanta Falcons. Do they stay or do they go out? Because right. that's where somebody's gonna try and move up to take another quarterback. If they stay there and they take the tight end from Florida, then that kind of changes everything. But we'll see. Because that that's the one team I think controls the draft as far as how many quarterbacks go early. Yeah. Or do they go quarterback and if, like it's you know new new they're you know new ownership and new GM like are they going to look to maybe replace uh, Matt Ryan here soon? Blank loves Matt Ryan. I don't know, man. Yeah, he does. He loves Matt Ryan. He is Ryan Horvat. We all love Ryan Horvat. He's coming up next, filling in for Rami Makhlouf on the Rami Show. Straight ahead. Do not touch that dial. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.